It's time for Bump and Run, the podcast all about golf. Here are your hosts, Bob and Jamie. Welcome to another edition of Bump and Run. Uh, I am Run. And I am Bump. And uh, we've actually started this podcast five times now. Yeah, we <laughs> keep having technical errors. The re- restart button. My mic is hooked up like- now. Okay, looks like we're uh, looks like we're actually going to make this one work. But uh, welcome back to the Bump and Run podcast. Uh, as mentioned, I'm Run, and Bump and I were last week down in Orlando at the PGA Merchandise Show. That's why there was no mm-hmm. podcast. I don't know why that's a really big excuse, except that it's a busy time, right? I mean, we're not only going yeah, to get interviewing people. You're at dinners. You're at events. You're shaking hands. You're saying hi. You're walking around. You're resting your feet. It is a it is a massive. If you've never been, it is a massive massive show. And it's like your eyes get all crazy because there's just so much to look at, and you're running from one end to interview somebody from the clothing uh, clothing line, and then to the other end to do a club guy manufacturer, and well, then. What would you think? What do you think? How long do you think? If you just walked at a normal pace, mm-hmm. t- to give listeners an idea of how big it is, what do you? How long do you think it would take you to go to, go from one end to the other? It would probably take. I would think like six to seven minutes, wouldn't it? Maybe more. I was, I was gonna maybe say 10? I was gonna say like almost maybe almost fifteen minutes. I yeah, think 50, if you it could. Yeah, it's but, it's um, busy and it's busy too. Like there's a lot think, of people there. Yeah, I think they said forty thousand people, and there's just under a million feet square feet of exhibit space. So it's pretty big, and it's uh, anyway. You're gonna you can see some of the results from our interviews and things up now at tsn.ca/golfgear, mm-hmm. and we're gonna start pumping up some new stuff. You'll see them popping up uh, every week from. The next little while, anyway, some cool stuff out there and some cool stories about golf professionals getting fit for certain clubs and how they get fit and mm-hmm. uh, how the manufacturers enjoy working with some of the Canadian pros out there. So uh, lots of good stuff ahead. Correct, yeah. It was a busy uh, three days, but uh, we got her done. All right. While we were doing that, uh, some guy named Woods was teeing off uh, for his first tournament in a year, and I noticed that you had a poll up on uh, Twitter as to what people you know giving people a grade or giving him a grade what mm-hmm. what's the results of that the results was most people gave him a grade of B mm-hmm. uh, A and C were close but uh, and there are a few people that had a D uh, but uh, B was the consensus out of uh, about a couple hundred votes um, you agree with that I, I think it's a little low I would I would delve more towards a B plus a minus. Um, okay. I just think, you know, he was able, the fact that he stayed healthy for four rounds, he was able to accelerate through the ball pretty good without any limitations other than his back is fused, but that's another story. Um, <laughs> and his short game was, was really fantastic, especially, especially the putter, um, which we haven't really seen in a while from Tiger. His putter was, uh, was bang on his strokes game putting was almost three. Um, and then around the green, especially from the rough, he was seven to ten for the tournament, um, yeah. scrambling from the rough, and you know not easy shots because he didn't put himself in great position at times, short sided himself a lot, but still managed to shoot under par, um, at par. par or under par, um, for four rounds. So I, I go a minus. I I think I gave him a solid B, and I think only because that driver was so horrendous. Right. I mean, three three uh, fairways on Friday and Saturday and Sunday was just a disaster. I mean, right. Tiger's never been a great driver of the golf ball. We all know that, especially Stephen Ames, who called him out on it once and then <laughs> <laughs> showed up. Trounced. 
<laughs> but but I do like. Uh, I mean, I think the fact that if, that you know it's probably a new driver for him. He may not have mm-hmm. it dialed in quite yet. He's he's pretty particular about his equipment, so it may take him a little bit to get everything working right. But I think there's still some some operator error there yeah. involved in that. Yeah, but absolutely. The one thing that was was probably the biggest surprise to me was how good his chipping was because yeah. we know that he has struggled even in. Uh, uh, even in Bahamas before Christmas, he was right. struggling with it a little bit. Now it's a different grass, different situation, um, but I thought that part of his game was the best. And I, I would probably give him a solid B, maybe a B plus in there. And certainly the other thing that came out of that, I don't know about your Twitter feed, but mine was like split down the middle of great to see him back, and also I cannot believe they're showing every shot of this guy on TV. Like, what's up with that? Why are they yeah. doing that? You're you're you always know? gonna you're always gonna get that, I think. Um, and normally I am on the and uh, they're showing him too much. I, I honestly am in the past. But for this tournament, you know, I think, that, you know, I, you know, talking to people and people that just don't necessarily watch golf at this time of year or we're watching golf this weekend. Um, and the, yeah. res, the ratings that the overnight ratings that were were almost as high as last year's U.S. Open. So, yeah. like, yeah, that's a telling up. sign, right? Up thirty eight percent over last year, I think. Right. And even when the Grammys came on, a lot of people stayed with the uh, with the right. golf broadcast, which was pretty interesting. But I think the the reason they show them so much is because people want to see them. They people do. are tuned in to watch them. People yeah. want to see what's going to happen, whether for better or worse. He's a so needle mover. Can, yeah, I don't think you can blame um, the TV networks for doing no. that. And I thought they pretty did a pretty good job of covering the main part of the tournament as well. Yeah, on the weekend they went back to covering the leaders and they, while still sprinkling in some Tiger. Um, so, yeah, I thought they balanced it nicely on the weekend. Uh, Thursday and Friday it was all Tiger, and it should have been. This is what people wanted to see, people have been waiting for. Um, it's why you were on SportsCenter all week. No, no, no. You know, like it's Tiger is the needle mover, and the fact that people are, I think, a little bit more excited about this comeback than the previous ones because he seems to be pain-free, and for all accounts, he was pain-free throughout uh, his four days on Torrey Pines. Um, you know, I think people want him to have a decent year, and I think they believe so, in this comeback. So if he suddenly misses the cut at Tor- at uh, Riviera, what would you think? Um, I like, honestly... Like, where does it go now? Is I guess we we sort of had this. Okay, he's back now. Doesn't he have mm-hmm. to start either getting better or doing something? You know, I think if um, if the driver's still as bad, uh, there's there's some reason to panic. But I still think I still think Augusta in April is going to be the telltale sign of where we where his game's at. Um, you know, he's probably only going to play what four times before the Masters. Yeah. Um, you know, it's not a lot for a guy that's been pretty much off for three years. Um, yeah, that's right. You know, like it's that's not a lot of rounds. But I, I'm not going to push the panic button if he misses a cut at Riviera. Of course, he doesn't necessarily enjoy playing. Um, but you know, if the if the if the driver is, you know, let's let's give it another tournament and then we'll see when he comes to say Honda or Bay Hill, um, see where he's at. But uh, I, I still think we'll know more about where his game's at and how comfortable he is with the new clubs um, come Augusta. Okay. Um, let's move on and talk about the winner, Jason Day, because there's a guy yeah. that probably a little – were you surprised that he won? I mean, earlier in the week he pulled out of the Pro-Am because he had a bad Yeah, it's, it's only because 
we didn't know if he was going to make it through the tournament. Um, you know, he went through a lot last year with, uh, you know, his own health issues, his mother's health issues with the cancer scare. And, you know, so he kind of got lost in the shuffle and in the end falls out of the top 10 in the world for the first time in a long time. Um, but am I, the, he's, you know, we, we've followed Jason for a long time, talked to him numerous times. He's just too good to not be playing well. So, you know, I think only I'm only surprised because we didn't know if he was going to play. And his back right. is still tender, which is still concerning down the road, I think, for him as far as the yeah. year goes. But he was he was uh, he was fantastic. Aside from that, uh, from about what the back nine in his first round, I I actually uh, heard an interview with him where he said he's actually rejigged his swing a little bit to try mm-hmm. and take the pressure right. off his back. That was one of the big things that he's been doing and spending time on last year and in the off season. So, you know, hopefully that goes a long way. But I I I think that. Uh, uh, he's full value. He looked like the Jason Day we saw a couple of years ago when he was running the table on events and, in, right. as you said, in the top ten, reaching number one in the world at one point. I think uh, I, I like his chances going forward if he can stay healthy. Mm-hmm. And I bet you he plays a little bit. He plays a fairly light schedule just to give that back a bit of a rest. Yeah, we'll I think see. he's he's honestly got a. I think it's going to be a feel thing for him all year, uh, depending on how the back is. Um, right. But you okay. know, his, like that playoff was incredible the fact that they were in the dark and the putts he was making in the dark and you know it's not like he didn't beat a quality opponent he beat a guy who spent a number of months in the top 10 Alex Norn who a lot of people in North America don't really know but he's won a ton on the European tour and he's a really good player and then you know he well, hit nine times nine times in Europe yeah and and in a stretch he won like four in like what five months yeah a couple of years and- ago and and good events too, like not right. cheapies. Like he won the right. BMW PGA Championship, and you know things like that. So I think he's uh, he's a, well, perhaps the most underrated player to be in the top ten in the last ten years. Right, and and you're probably going to see him in Paris on Thomas Bjorn's Ryder Cup team. So um, you know he's committed to playing on the PGA Tour uh, this year to see what he can do. And look at it, again, he's a top twenty player, and you know so full marks for Jason Day who. You know, the, his, his around the greens and on the greens again, we saw that, uh, you know, he didn't putt great last year. Um, no. Not, no, not, the, not the putting he had the previous two years. Um, but, man, that birdie putt he made in the dark on the fifth was, playoff hole. Yeah. Like, I know it, if you were watching, it doesn't look like it's dark because they're cranking, they're cranking the irises to full value for to actually should be able to see something on television. But it is completely dark. So it's uh, yeah, it's bordering on on blackness, right? Um, and the other story that came out of that, of course, was this whole thing with JB Holmes <laughs> took taking four minutes and ten seconds, it was, 12, 10 seconds, four minutes, ten to, seconds to ended up hitting up a layup, and you know he needed an eagle to win, so I don't know why he was hitting a layup, but right. it, it was sort of a weird scenario, and he took nothing but heat from it, even mm-hmm. from some PGA Tour players. And it just brings up that whole story about, you know, how come they're not penalizing guys? How come they're not giving them strokes? And, you know, unfortunately, I'm, I guess I'm being a bit jaundiced here, but I just don't think, you know, it's going to be a hot topic for a couple of days, and then we'll forget about it, and we'll go back, and they won't enforce any penalties. No, they never what happens. No, it's just stupid. I mean, I, <laughs> yeah. you know, the only the last guy to get penalized was a 14-year-old kid at the Masters. Right, yeah. <laughs> so it's just they have no gumption. And until you start doing that, um, 
you know, it's not going to change anything because fines don't matter to these guys. No. Now, I will say, and they did, well, I shouldn't say that. They did actually give stroke penalties, but it was in that team event last year in New Orleans, mm-hmm. right? Right, yeah. Um, but I will say that having talked to a number of players over the years about this, there is a, kind of what do you call it, a locker room shaming maybe, where guys who are who are slow, they get called out, but it's behind closed doors. It's in the mm-hmm. locker room. So, you know, sometimes it bubbles over where you get like a Rory Sabatini walking yeah. off on Ben Crane. But whether it's slow play or whether it's cheating or things like that, the guys know, and they'll they'll talk to the players in the locker room. Some, usually, the veteran talking to a younger guy, but uh, it does come up. And now, I don't know if it'll help all that much, but you it know, hasn't that's, that's kind of the that's kind of the way they deal with it. I, I mean, yeah. it it helps certain it has helped certain players. Ben Crane is a faster player. He's not a mm-hmm. fast player, but he's a faster player now than he was before. And same with Kevin Na as well. Um, they just you know they knew their problem. Does JB Holmes know or care? That it took Certainly him four, four minutes and ten seconds, he probably doesn't. So yeah. if you don't care, you're not going. And if you don't get penalized, that's the thing. It's got to be penalized. If you're not right. going to penalize these guys, they don't care. Six hour rounds should... are ridiculous. That playoff should have been finished on Sunday. Somebody but... should have come out at two minute mark and just said, "JB, you got to play." And and you know the one thing that brings back. For me, is what Keith Pelly's doing in Europe with these yep. shot clocks. Mm-hmm. I know it's sort of a test, and I know it's unusual, but man, why not? Right? Yeah, you're why supposed not? to have what 40 seconds. As 40 as... seconds, and then an, and they give you another 10 if it's a, an extreme circumstance, right. like if you're under a tree or in a right. hole or something like that. Like I just, but yeah, it, it's, it. it's something's got something has to be done because you know you don't even play that long in a major with no. threesomes. Um, but and I guess, those are tougher I, conditions. Like, it's 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 it, you know obviously I've never been on the PGA tour, but I've been around it enough that I think it's it's a problem. But you're probably right; it'll get swept under the rug until another another instance comes up, and then people will say, "Oh, slow play is a problem," yeah. and it is a problem. But it's only a problem unless the PGA tour fixes it. And it's only and a, they allow the it to be a problem, that. right? The tour you, allows it to be a problem. That's you the know issue. They, you know you go to a shot clock. You know, maybe make the shot clock a minute, not a hard 40 seconds. But I, I think the majority of the problem is guys, and I, I could be wrong on this, but there are probably guys that don't, when it's not their turn, they're not getting their yardage. And they're right. they're not way. I think that's part of an issue, too, of slow play is people aren't ready. Like, you should be ready to go. There are guys on tour that when it's their turn, they are ready to go, and they're up there and they're hitting. Exactly um, right. Exactly and, right. And those are the guys that call out the slow players. Yeah. You know, <laughs> Luke Donald and, and well, long, everybody. Long hitters, long hitters always have an advantage because they're usually not the first ones to go, right? Right, exactly. So they can they should be able to save some time. But um, the other big story, of course, on the weekend was uh, the start of the LPGA Tour season and Brooke Henderson uh, coming close, sort of faltering down the stretch, unfortunately. Yeah, a couple bad holes. Yeah, a couple bad holes, but it was kind of a weird tournament to begin with in the Bahamas where they got the second round got winded out. All four, all three rounds that they did play were pretty windy, even the last one as well. Uh, but some uncharacteristic misses by Brooke, you know, missing fairways off the tee, which is a rarity for her, especially mm-hmm. when they're big and wide like they are down there. Yep. Um, but still, but still in the in the bigger picture, you know, not a bad start to the season, top ten. No, top um, ten. And, and that's never a bad thing. No, it's not. And, uh, you know, she... You know, everybody, you know, when she finished her round, she finished her second round at even par, and the wind was, was if you didn't see any pictures or video, the wind was heavy for those first three days. 
Um, it wasn't as bad, I don't believe, on the Sunday, or it didn't seem to be as bad. Um, I think everybody thought that she was uh, she had the advantage of being done at five under, but then, you know, they did the darkness. Darkness starts at what five o'clock in the Bahamas. So five, yeah, five thirty. Five thirty. So all those players that they had nine holes of pretty calm conditions the next morning, and those those girls like Shen Chen Fong and uh, and Brittany Linscombe took advantage of it. Um, sure. And you know she was within two shots of the lead with about five or six five holes to go, and she goes double bogey on sixteen and seventeen um, to you know end her chances. But you know all in all. You know, her. She. I, I thought I, there was a stretch from about she made a bomb on 10 and then 11, 12, 13, and 14, she burned the edges. She was burning edges of putts, including a, including a par save. But uh, I, I thought she was pretty good with the putter, which has always been her weakness. So the driver will figure itself out because that's her strength. Um, but, um, but, you know, a top 10 is always a good start. Tell me what you think right now. Give me a prediction on how many times she's going to win this year. I, I I see her winning two to three times again. I, I have so no that... I have no reason to believe she won't be a multiple winner. Um, you know, look at the leader. Look at the leaderboard. It was the top players in the world um, up there, and you know she the way the way she is and her game and uh, how she hits it and if that short game is solid, she win multiple times. I don't see why she couldn't win multiple times almost every year. Yeah, I think I think she's. Um... I think she's got herself into that mindset now where she just wants to win. You know, like some players don't always just, they just sort of play to make a cut or something like right. that. But, um, yeah, I agree. I think she's she's easy, very easily could uh, could do that and, and even win another major championship, yeah, which I think absolutely. is not beyond, beyond the scope. Um, she's she's, she's you know, one of the best players in the world, right? And, yes. um, you know, they, even though she's only ranked 14th, like she gets hurt by the fact she plays so much. Like her divisor right. is like over sixty. <laughs> I, I was looking at it the other day, and I'm like, "Holy cow, 60. Yeah. And then the next she's, person's like forty five. And it's like, so well, she's no played, wonder she's played sixty three events. Uh, the yeah. only the next closest person to her is fifty seven, which is Arya <laughs> Jatanagarn, and then after that, it goes down to fifty two. Right. So it's just, I mean, there's there's some, like like IK Kim has thirty nine right. events on there, and she's ranked eighth in the world. So it's. Right. Uh, there it is, right there. You win it. You know? Yeah, and it's it, it hurts that it hurts her for because I know she I know that's one of her things. She wants to be up in the top and probably number one rank, but you know that divisor is a killer, and yeah. uh, it's it's not going to slow down anytime soon. I don't see her stopping to play as many as many times as she thinks. She took a few breaks last year, but uh, I'm sure over the years know? she'll uh, pick her spots. She'll start picking her spots. I think so. But uh, and, uh, and Elena Sharp uh, had a nice bounce back too. Uh, to to mention the other Canadians, Elena Sharp and Monami LeBlanc both made the cut, and Elena was uh, tied t- for eighteenth. And uh, which which she was out of it, and then made about four birdies on her back nine in the second round, I think, and uh, and then ended up being uh, pretty good in the in her final round, three under par. She uh, she I had a brief text exchange with her, and I think she says she's she's really gearing up for a big year. She had uh, her knee scoped yep. in the off season. Uh, she took about a six week break, which I think actually may have been helpful for her in in hindsight, just because it it 
you know, it cleans things up for you a little bit, gives you a little bit of a break. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's health, she's healthy and uh, and going strong. Uh, hey, we forgot to mention off the top, uh, we have a couple more weeks left in our uh, M3 M4 giveaway. That's we right. are going to give away an M3 or an M4 driver, your choice, and you just have to tell us why you think you deserve it, and you can send it along with uh, pictures. Maybe you have an old driver that's a uh, like really old. Like we've seen a couple of really old ones come across. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen some square ones. I haven't seen a wooden one yet, but some old drivers. Or it doesn't have to be. Maybe you have a new driver, but it doesn't, you don't like it, and uh, you want to play with this one. But just give us a reason why you think you deserve this driver, and we will get give you your choice of an M3 or an M4, uh, courtesy of our fine friends at TaylorMade. So um, send it to uh, at TSN Bob Weeks on on. Uh, What's Twitter? at Bob Weeks TSN? Bob Weeks and TSN. At TSN Golf. Boy. You were going to say at TSA Golf, and then you flipped it. I, I see did. where you were going. I had them both in here. So let's just clear that up one more time. At Bob Weeks TSN or at TSN Golf, or even on Instagram, Bob Weeks underscore TSN. You could send me something there if you mm-hmm. want to take, send a nice picture of it and say why you deserve it. And hashtag it Bump and Run. Yep. You have to hashtag it Bump and Run so we can find it. Uh, we want to give this driver away, but we're going to make you work for it. That's right. And there's been and some good submissions so far, So, but there's more. There uh, have been. More, more, keep them coming. The, this has the twist face twist face technology, which uh, Jason Day used, with John Rahm used, with Dustin, Dustin Johnson, Johnson used. So Sergio. had a pretty good start no, to the Sergio, had, a, had a pretty good start to the season. No, That's right. Sergio went Sergio went rogue. He went rogue. <laughs> good. Well done. We go. Well played. How about that one? <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. Well, that's it for this edition of Bump and Run. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And once again, I am Run. And I am Bump. We'll talk to you again.